Welcome to another episode of The Last of the Real Podcast. Tonight we have some special guests in Jen and Andy. They have a podcast entitled Mental Crack. Right. Jen, Andy, how are you doing? Welcome. Doing well, thank you. Great. Thank you so much for having us. No, no problem. You're welcome, guys. So, Jen, Andy, uh, give us a little bit of a backstory about you guys. Okay. Do you want to start? You can start. Okay. Well, first off, um, Andy and I have been together about 24 years. We've spent almost 20 of those married. Um, I'm okay. doing a podcast with my best friend. Um, and we live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and, um, my, my daughter wants everybody's attention. Okay. (laughs) We have a nine-year-old daughter and she is one of the most helpful people when it comes to our podcast. Nice. Yeah. But, um, let's see. Backstory is Andy and I met when I was an undergrad at UNC Chapel Hill and he, um, and I got married my first year of graduate school. Okay. He's been stuck with me ever since. Yeah, we <laughs> we moved in the same social circles, but didn't meet each other until the tail end. So we live in a in a city that's uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and it we didn't really. So we moved in the same social circles in Raleigh, and it we met a like at a coffee shop a couple of times where everybody hangs out, and then. It wasn't until I moved to Chapel Hill and she was attending UNC that we actually started hanging out because I ran into um, her via her old boyfriend at the time. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and and so that was how we, we met back up. And actually, that was probably where our friendship started. Yeah. So you swooped in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is he, um, he was a senior in high school. So he was finishing his last year in high school when I was coming in as a freshman, but we didn't know each other at all. Oh, I knew, I knew her brother, I, well, yeah, but he, not her. It, it was, it was destiny then. It was destiny. I feel that way every day. I like that. <laughs> so, um, Andy, you're, you're a, you're a Swansea fan? Sometimes regrettably, yes. Uh, okay, I was, I was gonna say. Well, what influenced that? This year has been a little bit like watching the movie Das Boot. You know, whenever they go down, <laughs> you hear the the hull of the ship creaking and groaning. Yep. Yep. <laughs> You're trying to see how deep they can go <laughs> before before uh, starting to surface again. But um, yeah, there. I guess I've been following them. It's got to be eight or nine years now. And, and I haven't, you know, when they dropped, I couldn't leave, leave their side. It just wasn't the right thing to do. Um, so I've been, I've been listening to their games and watching, watching the, uh, the betting sites. Cause actually usually on the betting sites, you get scores faster than you can get them through other sites because okay. people to bet. Um, so right. I've been trailing those and, and looking at the spreads and things. And this year has been a little bit of a downer. Compared to last season, I, I was hoping we were going to come back up and resurface up. for a season. Uh, but, you know, obviously it didn't work out that way. They did. They were really strong for three quarters of the season. They were fighting with Brent, what, Brentford for most of the Brentford. season that yep. third, for that third and then second slot. And it just didn't didn't pan out for them in the end. Um, and then this year, you know, obviously they've changed over some uh, the manager and some other people. And so it's kind of a rebuilding season. 
it's uh it's 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 a little bit like um what's the what's the show we've been watching tom what 35 no no yeah 30. whatever you've been oh oh lasso tom lasso yeah ted lasso ted lasso yeah, yeah we've been watching we started watching ted lasso um okay. recently and it's it's probably similar it's to that i'm hoping it's similar to that anyway <laughs> open for a rise late in the end <laughs> it'll all show someday <laughs> Now, I got to ask, what is it like doing a podcast as a couple? As a couple? Well, you know, um, I was talking to Andy about this before, and um, and I've said it to all of my closest friends that being married for so long and then having a kiddo late in life, um, it makes it really hard to juggle and balance the time. And the one thing that I really look forward to is doing this podcast with Andy because I feel like it's one of the most quality connections mm -hmm. that we can find with each other. Um, and All like right. both of this, I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I know I walk away feeling like really good and like really re-energized in our relationship because, you know, you get busy and it's like your two ships passing and you yeah. see the person and sometimes, you know, you want to stick your hand up and be like, hi, I'm your wife. How are you doing? It's great yes. to see you. Um, but for... for <laughs> I don't know, man. For me, it's been fantastic. And um, Andy and I have a lot of inside jokes and we've always kind of had this bizarre sense of humor that we don't expect other people to get, but we can kind of put it out there in small mm -hmm. days. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it reminds me of the good old days in a lot of ways. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, to, just to piggyback what Jen said, it's somewhat like having a uh, date time with the uh, with the nine year old, as you, as you've seen, she's an only child, so she does like to hang out. And so this is a this is a period of time whenever we're doing this where we can you know we can say hey we we need at least some space while we're doing this so that we're not derailing the the podcast even though we're pretty good at doing that on our own. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's been good because we actually get to sit and talk and and it's similar to the way we used to sit and talk rather than, you know, what's happening with the bills. What's, you know, Beanie's got, right. Right. you know, I've got to go out of town for work this week or whatever it is that we talk about, which is usually, you know, the business of running a family rather than the business of hanging out and bonding and doing those other things. So it's been good. It's quality time. Mm -hmm. It's real quality yeah. time. Yes. Yeah, so uh, like that, that is a, um, it's quality time. And I would agree with that, that for my friends here, during the week, we don't have to get to talk. So to get this moment to also just kick back and as long as we have known each other, you're surprised the new things we learn and how we think of them or our friends process them. So you're correct that this is quality time. Absolutely. With that said, though, um, you did say you have a bizarre, uh, bizarre sense of humor. And with that, I'm looking at psychology as a psychologist, beer, whiskey, cult, killers. How did you combine all of that creative idea into this podcast? <laughs> That's an excellent question. And I thank you for asking that. Um, it's, it is quite a bit, isn't it? It is. It's quite a bit, but in our strange brains, it all seems to work. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I've, and I think Andy can vouch for that. And I, I joke about it, but I feel like almost since birth, I've had this like really kind of um, obsession with like the dark side of things, not like, you know, Star Wars, but like the darker side. Of <laughs> well, you know, cause first of all, as a psychologist, it's interesting for me 
um, when you consider you know, a person who's born into the world and they might have some sort of traits inherent in their personality, but the different avenues and paths that person can take that can result in really positive or negative outcomes. And that's just really interesting to me. Um, and, and add in, you know, a great date with whiskey and, and beer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a nice time, but, and I'll be honest, I've listened to some other podcasts that I've really enjoyed, um, where they might be true crime or other related, but there might be a little bit of alcohol involved. And I think it just kind of kicks the humor up and it works. And I, I don't know. What do you think? No, I agree with that. And, and in, in full disclosure, this was, this was Jen's child talking about it for a while i play some guitar while i i run a pick across the strings i don't know that i would call it playing but i have guitars and i do recording and i have a, a workstation in my office and so this was an excuse for me to go out and buy some stuff to start doing some some production work because i did it a long time ago but i hadn't done anything in quite a while and so you know i, I would say in the last three weeks i've spent probably 30 hours on logic um, and playing with the workstation and trying to get the, the, the audio controller to actually to where I understand it. Cause I bought a new one cause the, the other one was so old. Um, and you can't tell it from the podcast yet, but I have started doing some production work and we, we have this habit of shooting on the day that Jen says it's going to be dropped, which means that there's really no time for post-production. So all the production work goes into like, disclaimers, Gilson and foundation pieces, <laughs> like all the pre-work. So the post-work at some point, you know, Jen, Jen and I keep putting these production meetings on the calendar and we keep not having them. So, um, you know, my hope is that we get to the point where we have uh, two meetings where we're, where we're two podcasts ahead. So I can start working on sound beds, pre-production, um, or at least pre-recording and then we can get into post-production while we're working on the next one but that's my hope this poor man has been put through what and we have three episodes now so three cold reads which hasn't been cool but like i've been working on you know the the script and yeah. and finally i'm like i can't look at it anymore and i'm going to give it to you and you know what let's record it this afternoon yeah <laughs> Typically, I get her final draft either the day before or the day of, He's such which, a is good why, sport. which is why whenever you hear me make statements like, I'll read and then I'll be like, oh, I lost my place because I don't move the cursor on, the script on my computer. So the next time I push the down arrow, it jumps back up the script to where I was at last. So um, yeah, that's another reason why I'm trying to get there. Um, but going back to your original question, because I've done, I've done it again. I've let us down a tangent. Um, how we mix the two so for me it was a natural mix just because i've watched documentary style shows that have involved drinking for a long time and it started with the show and it's a great show to watch take some time go find the thirsty traveler somewhere and watch that a few times and i've always really enjoyed watching that show because the guy who does that show gets progressively drunk all he does is he goes from um, distillery or brewery or whatever it is to distillery or brewery throughout the whole thing. He'll pick a, uh, a drink style. So there was a sake one. 
where basically it was probably filmed over three days. He probably hit 10 different sake distilleries. And by the time it's done, you can tell that he is done as well. There was, so. there was the vodka episode where he ended up in like a sauna with a half naked Russian guy who was blocking him with olive branches. And I'm like, this is some good TV, man. This is awesome. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was amusing to watch because you learn something and you get entertained at the same time. Because I've seen I've seen Drunk History. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that yep. show. I love Drunk History. Yeah, Drunk yeah. History is really fun. Yeah, anytime you can learn <laughs> and laugh and, and yes. laugh at the same time, it, it, it's a good time. It's a good mix. Yes. You wanna you wanna tell them what the next show is? Yeah. Um. Actually, the um. The next podcast, which I may try to push this upcoming weekend for our fourth episode, is going to be about a little old Italian woman who is very superstitious and um, had a, a few murders that she committed. And I, as per my usual, I'm really excited to talk about it. But, yeah, I was going to say, tell them why she was murdering people. I, oh, she was. She. No, no, please don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of it. Yeah. Well, no, we're not telling them anymore. Okay. No, we're not. If you want to hold it, she had a specific reason why she was. I was, and you'll you'll obviously find out. And actually, yesterday I sat at the pub and had a couple Guinnesses, and I think I knocked out like over half of this script because this is just an easy write and also a really fun write. Um, and so I can't wait till we get a chance to share it. I don't even know what we're pairing it with because I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of Italian beers, but we'll figure something out. You can pair it with a nice Chianti. Listen, guys, listen, guys. When I said when I said their podcast is amazing, it's it's totally amazing. Um, it's well well researched. Thank I you. I mean, my favorite episode um is episode one uh, with the with the cult with the cult leader. I, one, one A, yeah. one C. <laughs> yeah. And recently we had a, we had a cult issue out here, so we, we all can relate to that. And they were spot on. So, Andy, I got a, I got a quick question I need to ask. Mm-hmm. Arjun, what's the difference between a whiskey and a bourbon? Go for it, baby. Oh, they're both whiskeys. <laughs> um, right. Really what it comes down to is totally uh, bourbon has to be made in the U.S., and then the other part to that is it used to be they had to be made in Bourbon County, Kentucky, but that's been since relaxed a little bit. You can get bourbons in Vermont. You can get bourbons in California. You can still get a bunch of different bourbons in Kentucky. Um, it comes down to the grain build. So what the mash is made out of, um, typically corn, wheat. I'm trying to think what else is in there, but it's also the water comes out of lime aquifers. That's the other, that's the other key. Um, but that's really the difference. A whiskey, oh, and then aged for usually a minimum of eight years. I think it's six to eight years is the requirement by law. Um, you can get some pretty, you know, atomic American whiskeys. And the reason I say atomic is if you only age it for a couple of years, it is brown, but it's a little rough around the edges. And so that's what the aging does is it smooths out some of that, um, some of the harshness that you have. Uh, which is why whenever you go into a lot of the um, Irish whiskeys or scotches, the longer age, the more expensive it is. One, it takes time. Two, right. um, you've probably heard about the devil's cut and angel share. Um, the, 
Dev, Angel Share is, so I don't know how much you guys know about whiskey, but I'll go through this real quick. Um, I'll, I'll jump down this rabbit hole quickly, hopefully. But uh, what happens is, is as barrels age, they sit in a warehouse that's usually somewhat humidity or somewhat controlled temperature wise um, and environmentally, but the barrels still swell and contract with the seasons. And um, so the devil's cut is what soaks into the wood. So you lose that to the oak that it's that okay. it's that it's barreled in, and then the um, angel share is what what leaves whenever the oak contracts in the winters. So whenever it cools down and the barrels get looser, um, that's what evaporates out of the barrels. Okay, okay, learn something. So, um, so whenever you have things like angels envy, like uh, bourbon brands or bourbon bottles that are like named like angels envy and then there's a, some other ones that mention it devil's cut um that's really what they're referencing okay. knowledge, knowledge dear knowledge encyclopedic knowledge thank you right ladies and gentlemen. Right. yeah give them a round of applause for that one yeah that deserves it that deserves it i've drunk a lot of whiskey in my life <laughs> so they said they say all whiskey can be bourbon, but not all bourbon can be whiskey, right? No, all bourbon can be whiskey, but not all whiskey can be bourbon. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. So we can potential new guests uh, find your podcast. All right. So we are um, our primary um, platform that we utilized. Um, we used Anchor by Spotify, so we can be found on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Breaker. Um, and we're in the process now of starting our own um, YouTube page, um, which just takes a, a little while for us to just get everything up and running. Um, but we're pretty sure just any random um, podcast search engine will get you there. Um, and we hope that folks will take the time to listen because it's, it's a lot of fun for us. And we just hope that folks will listen and have fun too. Sure, sure, sure. Yep, I typically listen to our podcast on Apple, on their podcast app. So, 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 Jen, before you go, right? Yes. How does it feel to see Arsenal in front of you guys? <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take for us to get to this topic of conversation, but what a way to like lead us out of here. Uh, <laughs> it feels typical. <laughs> Perfect answer. Perfect. Now, um, the the Gilsonan Foundation, my cousin is a Chelsea fan, so I deal with a lot of this kind of talk all throughout the season because, I mean, the, the Spurs are great because there's a whole adjective and adverb, the word Spursy, like it yep. can be utilized in work situations, in personal life yep. situations, in relationships, and I think we should acknowledge the fact that they gave that to us, and we all know what it means. Of course, you mess it up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That was so spursy of you. What? Yeah, yeah. that's so spursy of you. It was. It's the ability to snatch a game out of the jaws of victory. I was like, yeah, yeah. bring the hopes up so high and then just bring them crashing down. <laughs> I, was up, I was about to say all the best for the rest of the season, but I would be lying. I would be lying. And in, in all honesty as well, you're a unicorn because Spurs fans are, are not a really common thing. You know, I and that I do know and I understand because nobody wants to have their heart broken week after week. But um, year after year, yeah, and year after year, um, around oh, here, it's just Man United fans feel. <laughs> 
we well we happen to have the um pleasure um like our favorite pub that's right near our house um is a uh, supporters club hangout for the spurs so i mean you know we'll call it serendipitous but we get to well i'm gonna pass through one day with my arsenal gears on so you know all right brave man brave man of course you know, it, it's it's gotten better. We would welcome you, I think. I yeah, I'll just walk with a teacup. You won't be able to touch me then. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 before Andy goes as well, uh, it it it. I don't want to say thank God Swansea is not in the league because normally when Arsenal face Swansea, Swansea turned into this Barcelona kind of team and beat us. So. <laughs> Especially that Michu guy. You remember him? What a yeah. season he, he had. Yeah. Yeah, We just about the time that we start getting things pulled together, um, that's whenever the, the, the EPL teams come and take our players, either back from loan or just take them outright. Uh, so It's heartbreaking. We're, we're a good incubator. It's heartbreaking. That's why we get a hey, lot. Well, that's what I was going to say. You can cry on each other's shoulders. <laughs> We sure yeah. can, and it happens a lot, <laughs> especially uh, when it comes to football, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and and where we're at, going to the pub is the only way you can get a Smittix, so mm -hmm. it does it does pay off because for some reason they don't import Smittix around our area regionally, so you really? have you have to go yeah. to a pub to get a get a pint. Okay. Now I will well, tell you guys when we were in Ireland, um, we had a situation. What well, was what? was uh, Champions League, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, and we were there hanging out, watching um, the match uh, in the pub, and watching Tottenham actually play really well on rare occasions. And um, there was a gentleman up at the bar, and I was going to go get another pint, and he was he was remarking on how southern my accent is. And uh, he's like, so where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Raleigh. And he's like, are, who are you following? I'm like a Spurs supporter. And he's like, well, that's pretty cool. And I was like, yeah, you know what, man, though? Can't stand an Arsenal fan. And he looked at me, he's like, oh. I'm an Arsenal fan. And I'm like, and a pint for this gentleman right here. <laughs> hey, new bestie. <laughs> I'm not getting my butt kicked in Ireland, man. That's not cool. <laughs> you know, you know better. You know better, right? I do. I got a lot of mouth, but I got a heart of gold, man. Yeah, that, that's it's so never important. good uh, uh, to visit a country and start an international incident. Yep. Not like that. <clears throat> not over Spurs, anyway. It's not worth it. Oh my God! Let, let's <laughs> not. Let's not. Season. Let's not bash my friend Jen like that. She's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy all of y'all around. Just saying. Hey. <laughs> I can't work with that. Cool, cool. So Jen and Andy, uh, thank you for coming on the last of the real podcast. It was totally fun and we appreciate what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Thank you guys thank so you. much. We enjoyed spending our time with you this evening. Yep. And quick question before you go, Andy. Yes, is that the same red stripe you've been drinking all night? It is. I'm I'm moving slow. I've got a. I was gonna. Got, I was gonna say. I've got to book a couple of plane flights after this, and there's nothing worse than driving to the airport and realizing that you booked your plane flights for the wrong day or time. Or I've never headed to the wrong country. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get off in the wrong state. Yeah. You sound like you don't like adventure, man. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, and please. 
please just release more episodes. I'm, I'm waiting for the rest. Absolutely. We will. We've got, um, like Jen said, hopefully the next one will be out within the next, what is it? This weekend. This weekend. Um, after that, we do have uh, a joint venture between Jen and our daughter, Sabine, which is going to be the science around fear. Um, that's one that my daughter came up with. Okay. And, and so that'll be coming up in not too long, although I'm getting told from the sidelines side that it's been changed a little bit. Okay. Sound great. Sound great. Jen, Andy, look forward to talking with y'all again. Absolutely. Until then, sit back and have a cold one. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Guys, that was Jen and Andy right, from Mental Crack. Amazing. You, really yeah. Really, really good people. Really good podcast. Now, if you, if you have, you know, a need or urge to find out what makes some serial killers tick, their podcasts will give you a definite insight into all of that. Or if you need to find out information about a cult leader, that's a place to go. Yeah, Mr. Smith. <laughs> no, no, let's go on to move into some of our <laughs> topics for the night, you know? And these are some really, really heavy hitting topics. Indeed. No, yeah, no, it says one in five people in Jamaica experience paternity fraud. And it's been a call by some members of parliament to make DNA testing mandatory for a newborn. Uh, how, how much of us are on this land? There's what, five of us? Or, Four. So, there, so there's possibly, so, okay, so possibly somebody has a jacket, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, probably I, me. That's a serious statement. And we, and we have our first guest here, Brian. We have our first guest here. Chris. Chris, from how are you doing? Australia. Hello, everyone. I'm good. Thanks. How are you? How are you all? Doing good. Yeah, I know it's extremely late over there, right? All right. No, Early, I could say. It's in the afternoon, so I'm in the middle of work, meetings, Zoom, back to meetings. So it's funny. Time zones are funny. Wow. Wow. So, Chris, where we're talking right now about the call to make DNA testing mandatory for newborns in Jamaica, because it said that one in five people are males, not people, males experience paternity fraud. No, I want to ask, as a female, do you agree that paternity testing should be made mandatory? Not just in Jamaica, but, you know, it could be something that the globe adopts eventually. If I have to say it from the perspective of the child's health, it should be all right, like, because when you have the DNA testing done, right, a lot of diseases that we were never aware of before in our childhood, these diseases right. are in. So from the child's perspective, of course, you want to know if your child is healthy, you want to treat that, right? For example, Down syndrome or anything, that obviously for maternity or paternity testing, I think it will just cause more mayhem and more trouble in an already troubled world. And I don't, again, it's me as a very layman, I think it's a 50-50, honestly. You think so? 
I mean, I can speak for myself. This is something that I honestly can get behind. Especially as a Jamaican male, I honestly can get behind this because I will be honest and straightforward with this. I had a paternity test done on um, my daughter because women are... Choose your word carefully, no, sir. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's why I'm just going to say, you know, I leave it right there. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna leave it right there. I don't. It's, I do not want any woman rights group out there come at us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But it's better to know with certainty than to have doubt. I understand your point, Brian. But again, this is a very controversial test to be done. Right. I know right. where you come from, but. For example, you're mad. I'm not talking about you. Like ABC is mad. Yeah. has a doubt. They get it done. The entire household will burn up. Just one test. Right. And this is, you can either say that, oh, I'm putting my doubt to rest. Great. Or you can either say that this is going to burn whatever I have with partner, whatever has happened. Let's bury it and move forward with it. So there can be many schools of thought associated with this testing. But uh, it's, Oh, 50-50, because um, I come from a South Asian background, right? So back in our country, we do tests, like a lot of girls are killed because of these testing. When they get to know that there's a child, girl child in the womb, they get killed. So from that perspective, for me, these tests should basically only be done to ensure the child's health and safety. Hey, now, I, I wouldn't, I, I would when I say the DNA test, I would wait until it's a newborn. Once the baby is 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 born and, and healthy, then we do the DNA test. Because if someone's gonna use it for their own selfish means, then I, I cannot get behind it. Yeah, but Brian, how do you draw the line between selfish needs and non-selfish needs? Once the test is out for public usage, anyone and everyone can start using the test because there are blurred lines, right? These lines are very blurred. Like, do you do you want the government to have a strict mandate that oh you can use the test for one, two, three, but not for four, five, six? Until unless well, the laws are laid out, people are going right. to be using these and rather exploiting these laws. And um, it's going to be amazing, as I said before, as I see it. Yeah, no, I, I see I see your point, but in, in the way I know in Jamaica how, you know, the DNA test is done to prove that, you know, this is your child is, you know, a simple swab. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, a simple swab. And let's put in the, the, the selfishness aside, you know, be it hard or not, you know, again, I will never support anyone that uses this to harm a child. But if it's strictly for the purpose of finding out if this is your child, I am I am done with it. I think I think Snipes has something to say. In regards to the paternity test, personally, for me, I'm for it. But for the nation itself, no, I'm against it. Main reason why is as Chris said before. I think it would cause more problem than solving it. Because for one, 
um, I think his name is Clark. That's a politician that came up with the legislation. And his yeah. reason for bringing it in, in is saying that it would help to reduce domestic violence. I don't understand that. But exactly, because at the end of the day, the whole essence of the whole domestic violence is a man found out that the child is not his. Hence, he gets aggressive towards a female. So right. at birth, dear, I mean, is the same thing going to happen? And I'm looking at, he brought up a research that's currently being done in Jamaica. It still has two more years before it's finished. So it's not conclusive. And they're saying that one in five and. men go through this. And for the most part, if you run out at the bigger figure, you're looking at out of 500,000, 100,000 men possible face having a child as they call it, a jacket. Yeah, man, call it as it is. Yeah, right. And he's, not, and he's not Louis either. He's not Louis. <laughs> Probably fool. And, I, and, I, <laughs> and I'm looking at this recent thing, right? As it is, let's say 100,000, quote that 100,000 men getting a jacket. Short lifetime, there's possible that probably 20 to 30,000 may request a paternity test for whatever reason short their lifetime. And out of that 20, 30,000, most of them will possibly, depending on the age of the child, just accept it and keep going. Right? A few will create resort to violence. But if those 100,000 from the bird, you make them know, say, yo, the child is not theirs then it's a higher, much higher rate of men who are going to turn to violence out of a 20,000 versus 100,000. If you see my match where I'm getting. But um, may I chime in? Well, on the German. Let, let's hear what Ryan had to say real quick. No, man, let German go. Let German go. Reading something. All right. All right. Yes. I, on, I, as I was saying, because I see a lot of people totally bashing this, totally against it. And, 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 and stuff like that. But my question is, um, did anyone took the time out to, to do a research and see how a male would feel about this? Um, doesn't a man have a right to know if that child is his or not, rather than wait 18 years to find out the ugly truth? And bear in mind that most, of, most, most time is not the female willingly tell the guy. It's always through a blood test to filing or something of that nature. So especially so where are society going to meet us in the middle? Because once again, society is totally ignoring on the male side because we're always in about violence against women and stuff like that. Imagine you find out that your at your child that child is not here in the next 18 years. That's suicide. One once again suicide is going up again on the male side. Nobody cares about that. Um, well, well, points, I can Jeremy. jump in here then. All right, well, go ahead, because ahead. I am in agreement with what Jermaine has said, and my point was going to take that angle. Because how would you feel? Because we have, we do have a strong jacket culture in Jamaica. That's just the reality. You understand? And and a lot of women, and I said not not bashing any women because I'm pro women, women and women rights. But we have a lot of women who are not taking accountability. And they know, a lot of them in themselves know that, that they have been promiscuous and that there's a high chance that the child is not the, the father that she says it is. And then for years, he goes through taking care of a child that's not his own. 
how would he feel? We have to look at that as well. Exactly. You understand? My, exactly my point, Ryan. No one is asking on the male side, how are they feeling? It's all, all right. like once again, protecting the woman. And we're not saying woman should be protected. You know? We're not saying that. But who are protecting us? No one, Jeremy. But hold on the travel. Let's hear what our guest has to say first, and then we'll come back to travel. I agree with what German says, that um, nobody talks about the men's mental side of things, mental health. It's all gone to the toes. But what if the rule is started being used for the other side of things? Like, you all are responsible men. You want to give the child a good lifestyle, well, et cetera, et cetera. But this test can be used by a man just to seek financial assistance from the mother or something like that. And what I'm trying to stress is how do you differentiate or how do you ensure that the law is not being misused? How do we ensure that? That's a good point. Well, Chris, I mean, in Jamaica, I don't really think the law would side with the, the man in terms of when it comes to the dispute over a child. The law always sides with the female, right? And, and justifiably so, we have to admit that. Justifiably yes. so. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it, it, because we, we know what the Jamaican culture is like, yeah. but yeah. the law always sides with the female. But Travi, you had something to say. Yeah, um, before I touch on that still, um, let me just um, touch on what I just said. The law always sides with the female, but does, it, um, does most men go to the extent of, of, of trying to get the law on their, on their side because enough man probably find out say, the child is not theirs but they, they try to go the legal way someone just try to turn to the violence or someone just law it alone but probably female in terms of yeah now law certain things so probably the law probably go favor the female or certain thing but in a that way most man probably not go to the law isn't it I can, so I, can speak, I can speak for myself, Chavi, where I went um, to the family court. And let's just say the family court is a big joke on man's side. Exactly. I agree with you, Jermaine, because I've been there. Big joke. I had to, I had to investigate myself. myself. I had to get personal um, investigator. I had to see the police for myself. But you know the funny thing about it, Chavi? One minute I was... I was late for a court hearing. And you know who called me? Family court. And when I asked them to contact the girl, they said they can't. So check that. But they, but okay. they find you. And but they find you. Exactly. Because I've been in that same situation, brother, where I'm, I'm going there and I'm trying to get assistance, trying to get help. And it's it's like a, a long tape on or a bunch of rigmaroles that you have to go through as a male. Yet, some miraculous reason, a female can easily go and get the assistance she needs just like that. So I guess the law needs to fix then. But with, 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 on the with, side with, of with, the male. Yeah. So what we, we just wanted to say earlier on still. Um, We're saying something. So, yeah. Hold on. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, you can finish, Travis, and I can come after you. Okay. Okay. Um, there's a few points. Um, um yes with with a female giving a male a jacket as we say in jamaica but yes you're right sometimes sometimes the female know but sometimes the female is as um having sex with multiple partner but how do you bring across that to a man i tell man say yo 
John, you know what I say? Me not sure if the baby are yours because me did have sex with you and X and X and X. A man still probably not going to take that light same way. So yes. probably the female don't know how to bring across it. You yes. understand? Yes, Travis, that's why the woman um, active right, um, right um, Nadine Spence call it um, hopeful or according to her um, woman shaming. But I would love yeah. to speak to her because if it's woman shaming, what is it on the man part? Hey, hey, hey. Well, true. And, and, and the next thing... Can you imagine? Too, oh, sorry. The next thing too, you know, um, as I say, what? Well, I, I think, I think, I'm not trying to pick a side, but I think, yes, every male do want to know if that baby is his. I understand. But then again, no. The question I want to ask, if the, if the female there with John and the baby is not John, baby, are they going to do more tests to find out whose baby it is? Mm -hmm. 